For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. We were playing to win. Yeah, we were playing to win. Um, it was like, hey, we got another chance. Let's go make the most of it. And me being smart, I just want to like, I'm taking care of the football, but we're also trying to win. I didn't want to end in a tie where I wasn't really thinking about that, just like protecting the football, but also... Um, we want to go down and win, and it really all kind of started with that big chunk play to Pat uh, on that scramble, um, and it, Boz did a great job kicking it through, and special teams did an awesome job Maybe. finishing off the field goal. Well, that's Mitch Trubisky telling you what he was thinking as the clock was ticking, and that game was winding down. No, I don't want to go to overtime. I don't want to go. I don't want any tie or anything like that. You know, I want to win the game. I don't want to make sure I don't fumble. Got to protect the ball. You know, but. The thing about it, Max, is I like the fact that he was spot on at the very end. You know, when you have to make the plays, when you absolutely have to come through, he does it, and he does so in a, in a way, in a fashion that leads the team to victory. No, you're absolutely right, Wolf. It was, it was, a, it was a fun moment to really watch a team battle through adversity and overcome that adversity, right? Because it had been tough sledding all day. He'd been under pressure the entire time, and then finally he comes through. He's, he has the resolve to see it through, not get shaky, not get jumpy, and deliver a pass and put us in position to win at the end of the game. Now think about – just think about this, Max, okay? You got uh, the Trubisky, right? He's got 194 yards of, of uh, passing, okay? 115 of those buck 94, they go through the tight ends. I thought that was remarkable. I mean, you think about it. You had, uh, you know, the Friar Muth getting 75 yards and, and uh, 36 yards in the clutch down the stretch there. Uh, you got the 6-12. Getting, he's out there. He's on that uh, 32-yard screen pass and another 8-yard or something. He had two receptions. But you targeted the tight ends 12 times. You, you had seven receptions, 115 yards. That's pretty remarkable stuff. And we've been talking about the fact that I thought we have both thought the tight ends were going to play a big role coming in the offense this year. Well, you're absolutely right. And I think that was something when I looked at the game last night, Wolf, right? right. Seattle and Denver. I mean, Geno Smith was hitting his tight ends like it was nobody's business. Every tight end was, was getting the ball at some point. And that was enough to what? Overcoming victory. And I think when you have multiple tight ends, it is an inherent mismatch. Like defensively, there's just certain things you can't defend against because if you have a tight end that can run and catch and quote unquote play basketball on the uh, in the middle of the field, um, it, it, it's a game changer and it can really change the outcomes. And I thought the only one where I was like, "Man, you're flirting with disaster," was that seam route to Pat, 
when uh, when the defender was in front of him. Right. And Mitch was trying to, like, zing it, like, right over so it would be yeah. over the shoulder. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was my only one. Like, ah, don't get too dependent upon them. There had to have been somebody else open yes. <laughs> in that situation. And he'll be open later. Don't don't tip the hand too soon. <laughs> he'll be open later. Let's not go there too early, okay? But here's, yeah, exactly. But here's here's the deal, too. I mean, I look at this, and I there was a couple times, I think it was two, three shots he took downfield that he, I don't know, Mitch was feeling mighty muscular or something. He overthrew his guys, all right? I mean, he, he it launched. Was, it was the it was a yogurt parfait from breakfast. There you go. You know, <laughs> and had granola. And I think it was <laughs> it was that strong suit he was wearing, man. I'm telling you what, that yeah. thing, that that bad boy, he's got to he's got to keep that thing going because that's got some mojo in it. But uh, uh, aside from that, you know, he overthrew a few guys. Um, there was a couple, you know, with the de- the decisions weren't great when he threw that one to the Friar Muth and the other one. I think it was Deontay or down around the goal line when he rolled right. And he launched a big one up in the air, and it was like a jump ball back across the field, which I think that's one you want to pull back. But still, you know, it says he's trying to win. He's going for the W. He's not playing to, to go into overtime. He's not playing for a tie. He's not, you know, doing anything like that. He's going for the win, and he's also protecting the ball. Because if you remember in that game, the one time when uh, uh, Trey Hendrickson was on the hunt from behind, running him down from behind, and Trubisky's rolling to his right, and then he skedaddles a little bit. But Hendrickson catches up and goes for a big Hassan chop, karate chop type thing, you know, like you see on Bugs Bunny, you know, and he, and he yeah, comes oh over yeah. the top and he, he tries to knock the ball loose. I don't know how Mitch hung onto that ball because I'll tell you what, that was to me, I thought that was going to be a fumble. Oh, yeah, no. Trey Hendrickson had him lined up in the crosshairs yes. and it was, it was, it was like engaged target. We have a target lock here. <laughs> and, and for, and like some sixth sense, Popped in, in in Mitch's head that said, "Tuck it as you're going down. Yeah. Don't don't extend your hand at all. <laughs> Retreat. It's a trap. You know. You go run go, away go, like go a Monty Python. Yeah. Run away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now go away, or I will taunt you that second time. Yes. yes. Oh man. But it. But it. But I mean, it, it was a great. I mean, it was a. It, there was a lot of beauty in the mayhem and the mess yeah. that was that game. Um, and those are some of the instinctual things that you love to see. I mean, to not have a giveaway um, offensively when your defense is, is doing it at will, it seemed like, um, during the game, that was a huge positive. Because if we had suffered a, 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 you know, a t- uh, any type of interception or fumble recovery at any point in that game, I don't know if we get to this end point, you know? Right. So the fact that they were able – heck, it's three and out. But there was clean execution in special teams because we had all of our special teams people active. Yep. You know, there. I mean, it's just I was just happy with the consistently cleanness of it, even though it was ugly and dirty. If that makes any sense, Wolf. Did you notice that? Was it Seattle brought up one of their backup snappers off the practice squad or something? Yeah. Last yeah. night, <laughs> they watched the Bengals game and realized. <laughs> We can't depend on a positional guy to do it. Yeah, you know what? You better get that backup snapper ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Just make sure that all he's doing is snapping. He should not have to look at any other play in the playbook except for snap, protect, or snap, and run down the field. That's it. It's only two functions he needs. Now, before we get rolling here, 
Um, because I know that things went kaflooey <laughs> for you travel-wise coming back from Cincy. Because I met you. Yeah. I'm heading down to the bus. You're coming up, and I'm going, what are you doing here? And what were you doing there? What was going on? So I was trying to figure out how to get to an Uber pickup zone because <laughs> I couldn't ride on the bus with you guys. Um, even though you're going to the main terminal, hmm. I could not ride on the bus with you for some strange reason because y'all got pre-checked at the stadium. Oh. So I don't know why I couldn't get pre-checked at the stadium and just walk to my gate, but yeah. that's for that's for a different story. Okay. We don't yes. have to go back there this year, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Um, but, yeah, no, so I got up top. The one, pl- the one spot I had to pick up, which was, like, down on second and, like, Vine, that Uber driver canceled. And so as I'm walking there, so then I had to change my Uber and walk back and up the the street underneath the highway. Oh, no. It was like, like 4th Street or something. Oh, so then yeah. I had to go there, and the guy was was there, but it was like he was 25 minutes away. So And actually, on that corner, yeah. I was sitting there. I watched you guys pass by, and I was like, no. man. It, <laughs> no. was, it was just one of those things. And so by the time he got there, I, I was heading to the airport, and I got to the airport at nine minutes from, before my flight left. Oh and my so, they had, so, so they had taken me off of the flight. They bumped me. So then I had to go to, I had to, go to the counter and beg and plead with them to put me on anything that will get me out tonight, right? You right. Know, just like, is there, is there anything? You know, like, is there anything? Because obviously if there's nothing, then, you know, go back and stay at the hotel. Right. But – they were able to put me on a flight that was delayed to Charlotte. So I was supposed to go to Dallas. They sent me to Charlotte. So Wait a minute, you're going east. east. You're going yeah, east. Exactly. I'm going east to go west. And the flight was delayed. You know what the funny karma is, Wolf? What's that? As I'm walking to my gate, which happens to be right next to my previous gate where I was originally supposed to go. Right. That plane was just pulling back. Oh, no. It got it got delayed till 6:15. <laughs> so but you they had already been bumped on it. me off the flight. Yes, no. I could have been on it, but no. it, because I because I spent 10 minutes at the desk with with the lady and she was like, "Yeah, the flight's gone. They kicked you off the roster." And I'm like, "Okay. Well, I, I have no and it didn't show up as a delay on the on the board right next to it. Okay. So it was still showing 5:59 departure." Oh my so, goodness. So, anywho, we fast forward. I head to I head to Charlotte. It's in midair on the Wi-Fi. It's saying, hey, looks like you're going to miss your connection. Here's your flight options for your next flight. I was like, absolutely not. I just learned my lesson. I'm just going to go to the gate. If the flight closes on me, it closes on me. They're going to switch it there. I yeah. don't care at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not oh, pre-doing man. anything until I'm at that gate. Like, like, imagine, had I just went through security and got it scanned, and went to the gate. I would. I, th- this would have never. This events would have never have happened. So, but I'm like, it's nine minutes before the flight. Wow. I've been bumped. So, but anywho, I get on the flight in Charlotte. It's delayed. Well, I'm sorry. I get to Charlotte. I get there. That flight's been delayed because of weather out here in Phoenix. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I made my flight. I'm glad I didn't change it. Good for me. Pat on the back, Max. Um. So then I just go to the gate, wait, get on the plane, and we're flying. It's, it's, I mean, it's four hours straight on the plane, so Ooh. it's just, you know, and I just went through, you know, an hour and 15-minute flight. And right. 
the delay there. So this that was at that point that was my sixth flight in three days. So oh, I literally man. flown every day three days in a row with a connection. There was no direct <laughs> flights. So I have I've earned my my scout badge for triple flighting. Um, <laughs> I did that. So as we get into the last part of it, they're like, oh, we're preparing to land. I'm like, oh, man, that was a faster flight than I thought because I just gotten through one movie on the uh, – well, I, got through, I watched the, uh, the Dallas-Tampa game, and then I finished a movie. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm like, perfect timing. I'm like, wait, wait a second. It's not time. We're an hour early. Why are we landing? I look to my left. It's ocean. I'm like, Ooh, what? That's interesting. Why is there water uh, <laughs> on our flight? We're supposed to be going over land. We land in El Paso. We what? get there, and they're like, hey, we, and once we hit the ground, they're like, hey, we've been diverted to El Paso because of weather in the Phoenix area, so we're going to wait here until it clears. Well, we're sitting there. I, lo- I look at the Doppler on my Weather Channel app. I'm like, that's not going anywhere anytime soon, so we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> and so we're sitting, we're sitting, and they're like, oh, well, once we get refueled, we'll get back up in the air. And I'm like, well, where's the refuelers? Well, El Paso closes their airport down like around nine o'clock. Oh, you gotta it, be kidding me! So, so now it, it's it's eleven thirty at night in El Paso, and so they have to call everybody in. It's a skeleton crew at the airport, like it's just a police really. And they had some some refugees that were in the oh my goodness in like the lobby. So we're so we're sitting on the plane. We we're on the plane for two and a half hours. Oh, so, man. Oh, no, no, then, no. You got to be kidding and then, me. And then the crew times out. While, right, right as we're pulling. But we pull back from the gate. They fueled. We pull back from the gate. And I'm like, okay, we're heading home. And all of a sudden, uh, we're going to have to pull back to the gate. It's like, we're going to have to deplane. Crew timeout. Now, I was now, like, are, are you, like, you butting your head me? against the wall or something right I, about now? I mean, the steam is coming out the ears at this point. <laughs> oh, man. Because I've been sitting on this plane for now what has been six hours. And I, I don't like, even have words. Gotta be, and then we get off, and then there's only one guy working the desk because <laughs> the other guy is trying to get the plane locked up and cleaned and everything. And he was the second guy at the desk that would have helped. They're the only two people in the airport for american airlines so there's 166 people on this plane you gotta be losing your mind just absolutely losing your mind so we're sitting in line waiting the guy's getting all short with me i'm like about seven different people are about to hit the guy but then they realize if they knock the dude out there's six cops over there and on top of that we won't get any hotel vouchers or figure out how to get this hotel thing situated so they reserved themselves thank goodness the angry mob but and then comes to the point where I have I'm like I'm tired of waiting in line. I'm like, and th- they said something like, "Oh, we'll, we, you know, if you get a room, we'll reimburse you." I was like, "Oh, I'm out." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you said the magic word. Yeah. I don't care at this point. Get me to a hotel. So get so I get to the hotel, and I find the first I called six hotels. <laughs> five of them, five of them were unavailable, or they didn't pick up. And finally, on the sixth one, this Hyatt place, God bless the woman's soul at the front desk. She took that job thinking that nobody calls on the graveyard shift. Well, because she had she had zero computer technical skills. So we get there and 
I'm I'm like number two in line. It took me an hour to get checked in, Wolf. I and, and at the end, I ended up having to go on the app and book it on the app and show her the reservation number so it was less numbers for her to type. Oh, man. And, pe- and people no, are calling no, no. during the whole process, and she keeps <sighs> having to tell them, the shuttle's down, you must take an Uber here. The shuttle's down, you must take an Uber. I, I'm so glad I just got an Uber and just went there. Um because I was just like, hey, do y'all have rooms? That was my only question. Do you have rooms? All right, I'm showing up. <laughs> that, was, that was it. So I get in my room at 3.45 in the morning. I'm back, I'm back up at about 7.45. I'm back downstairs at 8.15 on the shuttle at 8.30 to the airport by 9. My flight's at, and our flight got changed to 10.30 a.m. So that's why I couldn't do the show yesterday was because I would have to get off the show for takeoff and, and I, can't so even, I, I can't even yeah. picture myself me doing this i'm done i don't have those technological skills that you have to oh. be able to uber oh. here and get a L- hotel listen, reservation you, there you kidding me well if you would have just been in the airport at the lobby with a red cross blanket on that's what <laughs> that's you, that, i already know i already know i already know just go get wolf a blanket find two chairs he can prop his feet up and lean back we're good um that's but it, it was done but yeah, no, and then I didn't get home till after twelve because we sat on the runway for another forty minutes because they had to approve the flight plan to Phoenix, and then so yeah, so I, so I touched down. So I was I was a hot mess when I got home because I was tired, I was sleepy, I didn't know which way was up, and then you know, and then the girls have stuff, and yeah. normally my routine is after the show, you know, I have my stuff I do, like I I, I completely. My brain was so shot, I did not know we had the point after show because I'd never done it before. <laughs> so Brian texted like, hey, can you put in this thing? I don't see it till like 4.15. And I'm like, okay, what time's the show? He's like, uh, it's already started, Max. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah, so so I'm glad think, you guys had a good show last night. <laughs> I, I, I think you have a, a, an excuse, okay? I'm just saying. I'm not really saying, saying, but I'm just saying. I think you got a reasonable excuse to be able to say, I missed the show last night because I went planes, trains, and automobiles like crazy from Cincinnati to Charlotte to El Paso to Phoenix. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine what that yeah, must have so, been like. So, Wolf, over the weekend, I hit I hit all, all four time zones. <laughs> over the weekend, you hit all four time zones. Yeah, wow. Central, Eastern, Mountain, and Pacific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So How are you I, feeling I, now? I, I've had my turn. Yeah, I, you know, I feel better. I can tell my voice is a little bit kind of scratched. I've been drinking water like crazy, trying to rehydrate. Just oh, from being I can, on, I can only imagine. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. But uh, I mean, I'm rested. That's most important. Okay, I'm rested. Good. So, so that's a, that's a good thing. So you got a brain to attack the week. <laughs> Very good. Well, you know what? We're going to step aside. We're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you how important I think preseason was and why it mattered because it came out in some of the records over the first weekend. Uh, we'll be back after this. SNR with Max, Wolf, and the Ninjas. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So what do Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, and Russell Wilson all have in common? 
Well. It's an alphabetical letter, right? <laughs> now you're starting to sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stafford, Burrow, what, Russ Wilson, they didn't play in the preseason. You know what? They all didn't look all that great. But Mitch, Geno Smith, and Pat Mahomes did. You know? I mean, yeah. says something. But you know what? Quarterbacks that played in a preseason – I'm sorry, quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason were 3-8 and eight on opening weekend. Yep. I was about to say, you could also throw, what, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray into right. that equation Yeah, just well, a couple more guys. Those, <laughs> I, those are pro bowlers. Yeah, those are I, pro bowlers. I was, I was trying to, like, I was trying to like uh, think in my mind, like, you know, I'm just it's too cloudy. You know, it's partly cloudy in my brain. Hey, when in doubt, think of Ron, because Ron was calling that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's City. right. That's right. But it's true. Oh, you know, man. there's something about it, you know, and that something is game speed and, and, and game conditioning are different than practice speed and practice conditioning. Simple. No, you're absolutely right. And 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 I and I, I said this. I said this. Preseason snaps matter. Yes. Don't look them off. Don't sit there and think that, oh, my God, this is this is a burden on me this is so annoying i have to do these games that don't count this (laughs) is why you do that is so that when you get into the first game of the season you don't have a goose egg you don't look as clean when there's a lot riding on you a lot of expectation returning starters to a lot of teams you know i i think of that and i'm just like you gotta play you got even if it's one bullcrap, you know, drive or whatever else. Right. You've got to go through the pace, especially when you have new pieces offensively. Russ had a brand new team right. <laughs> that right. he was working with. And I don't care if you – like, listen, joint practices are cool and all, but a lot of those coaches cut those pre, cut those joint practices short Yeah. on top of that, right? Right. LA, LA with Cincinnati – they cut it short. It was a fight. Yeah. Um, Arizona, Tennessee cut it short because they were they were dinged up. Right. I was like so so you went through all this. You're not, and joint practice speed is more than training camp speed after week two, but it is not game speed. Game speed is a whole different thing. The contact level, the duress, the strain, the pressure. It's all different, even in a preseason game, because you want to come out of that game clean. So you're trying to protect yourself. They're trying not to have you be protected. They're trying to inflict pain on you. So it's a different level. And you saw the teams that really overcame that were the teams that, like you said, had the preseason snaps, had the preseason game operations before going live into the season when it counts wins and losses. And, we, you know, you see it out there. Who's, who's more efficient? Who's more in tune? But it's also the conditioning factor. You know what I'm talking about, Max? I mean, the breathe. Here, here's the thing that a lot of people maybe don't experience, but when you go out there real time, you know that heart rate kicks up a lot. You know, and I know you're. We we get to be veterans. We learn to calm down. We learn to you know play within ourselves and in our en- energy envelope, that sort of thing. But at the same time, you still got to go out there with having that sort of adrenaline fire you up because it's part of the deal. But it sucks up some of your fuel. 
You know, I mean, you got your fuel tank filled at the beginning of the game, but, you know, when you start breathing heavy and start running and all of a sudden it's a little humid, a little hot as it was in Cincinnati, uh, you know, and then the sun comes out late, uh, it it starts to uh, bake you a little bit. You've got to have some sort of conditioning base that you can only get, in my mind, in a game. Yes. Now, there, there there is true in shape and then there is in game shape there's two different things <laughs> yeah yeah you could you could go run as many half gansers flying 200s 110s with time and blah 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 cardio 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 but you put on weights you put on thinking and you get drained so much quicker and you must exercise that yeah. you must exercise your mind with your body cuz you could black out and run and run a conditioning test you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like you could turn on, you could turn on your headphones and go run and like lose yourself in the music. Not to Eminem on that one, um, <laughs> but but when it's a game, when you have to think and you need all your mental faculties, you need every neuron in your body firing from the tippy tops of your head to the to the bottoms of your toes. That's a whole different level of energy um, drain. It, it's just a different level. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I just so totally agree with you. I know, you know, we talked about all last week. You got to ramp up. You got to have something going for you. And I just think, again, people get too impatient with preseason. People get too worried about losing their superstars or whatever. And that is a concern. I get it. NFL networks, you know, the NFL and the networks, they want to make sure that their big stars are there present in the in the regular season, too. There's an interest in that. But at the same time, you can't totally forbid any participation in the preseason at the expense of that because I, I think you, you come out and take a, and look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's an excellent quarterback. The guy's a great quarterback, and yet he was so wildly inaccurate, and he was obviously rusty, and, yeah, he started to come on in the, in the you know second half, fourth quarter. He's coming on and everything, but a little too little too late, you know, and it could be the difference yeah. between a, a win or, or not. And, and you know, and, and I'll give Joe a little bit of credence, um, just because he had a surgery, right? He had to get the appendectomy. Yeah, he's got the appendectomy. So, so he was one of those where you said, "Okay, I get why he did." And right, listen, you, you're, you're stitched up, right? You don't want to go out there with stitches. I get that one, but like you said, the rest of the league, or the rest the of rest his team, of the yeah, but the, the rest, rest of his team. team. Yeah, your offensive line. Nobody, nobody had anything wrong with them, and those dudes needed to work together. Yeah, because let me tell you, Cordell Volson like is still having nightmares about Cam Hayward. He's checking okay. his closet before he goes to bed. No question, sure he's boogeyman's not he, there. He, he's Baba Yaga, right? You know, he's the he's the boogeyman. He's yes. the boogie. He is John Wick in his head. Um, and then I mean, and even I mean, I look at Alex Kappa, the guard. He didn't have such a clean day. You know, they, they, they were working him. And then, of course, Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is still wondering where Alex Highsmith is. He still can't find him, even if he gave him GPS tracking. I don't <laughs> think he could have found Alex Highsmith. Um, so it was just, it was, it was like, you need to go through this. You have to do these things, and you have to work together. It's, it's one thing to just send the rookie guard out in the preseason. But he's not working next to Jonas Williams. He's not working next to Ted Kears. These are guys he's going to be playing with through – Hopefully, I don't know if he'll make it seventeen games at this rate. Yeah, right. But you hope that he will. He he needs that. He needs that communication because we talked about this. Offensive line 
is a is a gel thing. It's a it's a cohesion thing. It's a chemistry thing, and you can't do it individual. You can send an individual D lineman in, and he's fine, right? He has as long as I do my job, right, and I protect my gap, which we need to talk about that. Protect the protect the a gaps defense. That's the one thing I'm going to say, right? Because that's what that's what killed us in that second half. That's what got them back in the game. Well, was, they're blowing up the b gaps. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they're blowing up both b gaps, but you leave both a gaps wide open. And there was a lot of escape paths and right. a lot of uh, a lot of underneath routes that were unchecked because the the a gap was unobstructed. Um, so, but uh, but I mean, but yeah, it was just it, it's one of those things that was just remarkable to me as we watched all those games, you know, throughout throughout the the day on Sunday, and of course it started on Thursday with that game and then carried over into Monday. So literally all three days, you had an effect of not playing in the preseason or not taking the preseason seriously. No question about it. You know, the interesting thing is you bring out Joe Burrow, you know, a couple of times, as you said, they blew up the Steelers DTs, they blow up the B gap. A gaps are wide open. Burrow starts to climb the pocket. He sees Jamar Chase over the middle as he's climbing, right? And he rifles the ball there because he's got an unobstructed view, as you pointed out, right? That's that's a difficult thing to master. Now, one of the things that I saw uh, Terrell Austin had done was the fact that, uh, you know, he employed a, like a big dime or big nickel concept with three safeties. And he used – it was funny because I was wondering, why are they overloading one side? They got a guy on the nose, guy on the – on the left guard, guy on the left tackle, you know. And then yeah. you got Alex Highsmith over there, and he's running at a linebacker depth at the snap of the ball. And then I realized that's he's there as a spy. He's spying on yeah. that thing, you know. But it didn't happen yeah. on any of the time when, you know, when Pearl was climbing <laughs> north and south there in the pocket. But I, I see now what, what Austin was trying to accomplish there. Yeah, and, and that was something we talked about in game, right, Wolf? I was like, Wolf, yes. overload. Yes, <laughs> you know, the overload. And, 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 and it was working because they were they wanted to force him to a direction with the front, yes, but yet have the coverage roll in the opposite direction. So it was, I mean, it was it was a it was a neat concept. I enjoyed watching it as as that change up. You know, this is the the scheming or the chessman chessmanship uh, of of football. But like you said, in the regular down situations, that's where it really mattered the most. When it's pr- predicated like that, when it's, you're giving a pre snap look. Versus when you actually get in the normal base front, you think, hey, the A-gaps are covered and they're shooting Bs. Normally, when you see that shooting Bs, it's usually they're running inside-out contain, right? Mm-hmm. So your D-tackles are coming from that guard position, but their final depth is outside the tackle box, right, to force Joe in. And those ends are usually supposed to do a late arc back inside. Right, like a twist, um, like a delayed yeah, like twist. A, like, like a delayed twist or, or however they want to look at it. And that's your spy to protect the middle because Joe had too many opportunities where, like you said, either climb the pocket or just broke off and ran the football. Yes. Um, those were the – but and the other transverse thing was that dump off to Joe Mixon was mm-hmm. available too because yes. he's sitting there in the check down zone and the check down looked like a really good play. So that was just kind of the ne- you know, the negative aspects of it. I get it. You didn't really work this in the preseason and in camp. This is more game time. We're not trying to show our hand type of stuff. But they need to just work on polishing that up because I thought in the second half, once they got a bead on it, they started. That's when they started hurting us uh, because early on, they had no clue, and it was purely halftime adjustments that got them back into that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And I just love the fact yeah. that Steelers were able to capitalize and jump on them. It's unfortunate they weren't able to make more 
of their opportunities to be able to score on those turnovers. I, what, I forgot how many points they yeah. scored on it. Was not ten. Was it ten? Okay, yes. So you got ten, ten points. Off turnovers. Yeah, off yeah. turnovers. That you know, um, I eat more cherry apple and berry turnovers than points they scored off of their turnovers for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, no. and by the way, I, what's your favorite turnover, man? Boysenberry. Oh, I forgot about Boysenberry. So That's the only reason why, stuff. and the first time I had it, I was at Knott's Berry Farm this spring on, on a Girl Scout trip with my daughters that, that, that they had won, um, you know, with their troop. So I had never had it, and that's what they fe- they featured like boys and berries at Knott's Berry Farm in California. Ooh, so I tried that, good. and I was like, "It's like, man, this is the best berry turnover I've had ever." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny how the s- food is so soothing to the soul. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it absolutely. I mean, it, it, it. Listen, it's the gateway to my heart. If you want to know where the gateway <laughs> is. Yes, I yes I put I put I put a wall up, and yes, I'm guarded. And, you know, most most men are, but uh, yeah, yeah. Food, food, are we gonna food talk feelings here? Key. Let's talk. No, no, that, that's that, no. That's the closest part of feelings we're gonna get is to know that yes, food, food, food is the is the gateway. It, it is it is you know like you know how you have to pay you have to pay the boatmen and the river sticks you know to to get to get to the gates. Uh, yeah, no, no, I don't need coins. I just need I just need food. <laughs> What's your favorite pie? Favorite pie? Uh, I'm a sweet potato guy. I'm a southern oh, boy. Really? Sweet, sweet, potato. sweet potato pie is my favorite. You know, I I, I like a good uh, a, a key lime pie. Ooh, or well, key li- uh, that now key lime. I'm from Florida, so yeah. I do make an exception for key lime. Ooh, yeah. Um, that is one that, but it has to. But I, I'm, it's a Florida thing. I have to get a Florida key lime pie, like from down. South, south, way like, south in Florida, right? Way south, way yeah. south. You got to go down to like Marathon. Okay, uh, those are the best key limes in in the world, and those are amazing. And you have to have a pie made with those. Oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I know, I know. Anywho, yeah. Wolf, you know what we're gonna do? What we're gonna do here? We're gonna go to break. You you're not why? gonna bring a pie back, are you? You're not. You're not coming I'm, back with I, a pie. I, I, I'm not bringing a pie. But I'm giving a serving of compliments on game performance because I know you guys probably did it yesterday, but I wasn't there, so it doesn't count. It doesn't count. We're no, gonna, you're not. We're, we're, we're going to do it all over again. So we're going to just talk about some of some of our kudos in the game and hand out, not necessarily handing out game balls because that's a Mike Tomlin thing when he does it. And but I do want to hand out some kudos. Um, on Tuesday from the performance on Sunday. Let me Sunday. say this, so, Max. You want to hand out yeah. a game ball, you hand out a game ball. All right? All right. Well, you know what? Let's I'm handing that. out a game ball then, Wolf. <laughs> In the shape of a key lime pie. No, just joking. No. <laughs> hey, that's the gift that keeps on giving. There you go. Yeah, yes, it is. But all right. So we're going to step aside. You're listening to In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks and the Ninjas here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, guys, I just wanted to bring your attention to something. You can now listen to the Steelers Nation Radio app anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart. Alexa will take care of the rest. 
All right, guys, we're back in the locker room. We are talking about handing out some game balls, Wolf. Yes. Now, I, I, I didn't hear you guys pass out game balls, but then again, I was also trying to listen to the airport monitor. Um, I was trying to get on my plane yesterday. So if you did, I do apologize for the repeats, but... I know this. We couldn't give out game balls without you. I mean, come on. Oh, well, okay. Aww, so I, you just got to thank that. you. That's, uh, All right, you know, sir. I tried, Max. Awesome. He wouldn't let me. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, Master Splinter, uh, for wanting to give out the game balls while the other co-host wasn't available. I appreciate that. No, it's cool. No, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, there was so much good in this game. Yes. You know, I don't want to take away from that. Yes, there were some some very glaring things as well, but there was so much good in that game. There was so much of just momentum-stealing moments in that game, and I don't want to let those moments pass because the rest of the nation, not Steelers Nation, but the rest of the nation, the other 31 affiliate groups out there, everybody thought we were going to lose this game. Everybody thought that we were going to be bad. We're going to be this terrible team. We're, you know, every game's at 1 p.m. So the schedulers even said, ah, Steelers ain't going to be that good. Right, right. And we came out with a fire in our bellies, and I just have to pass out my first game ball, you know, to a guy that I'm sure you completely agree with me, Wolf, on this game ball, Alex Highsmith. Oh, yeah. Yep. Alex Highsmith. Alex was awesome. I dapped him up after the game. And I was just because Missy did the did the interview with him. Mm-hmm. And right afterwards, you know, I was just like, hey, hey, man, tremendous job. Great way to go. And he was, just, you know, he was just thank you. It was almost like he expected to do what he did. But that was a tremendous showing for Alex Highsmith. I mean, three sacks. Yep. I mean, just th- th- that's all you need to say. Three sacks. Three sacks. I may give you the rest of the line. Dude. Nine tackles, right? Two tackles yep, for a loss. Good. Four quarterback <sighs> hits. You had a pass. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you have? He had a forced fumble. I mean, you yeah, know, this kid, two tackles for a loss. Yeah, I got. I'm telling you what, you're right, Max. He was dynamite. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was a joy to watch um, him just work. And <clears throat> yes. Did, he 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 did a number of those on single coverage against Jonah Williams, but there was a lot of chip blocks he fought through, and a lot of edges that he pressed on tight ends. Like when it, when he collapsed Hayden Hurst, yeah, uh, on the outside stretch play, yes, <laughs> and made the play single handedly with Hurst like hanging on his back. Right, I mean right. it was just it was just tremendous, and because we we saw how much stronger he looked in, in camp. Yeah, we saw the work that he was doing in practice, that spin move is looking solid. He's knowing when to incorporate it. He's getting the right body contact lean on the outside to come back to the inside. Um, you could see where if he doesn't have that rib injury in camp during the uh, Friday daylights mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, imagine imagine how much better he would have been. Because there was at one point I thought, the rib got re-aggravated in mm, the game, okay. but he came back in. He he kind of overcame that, but it was just it was tremendous to watch a guy just dominate, right? It just it gave me when I saw his number. When you see the fifty six, 
I can't help but get a little soft spot in my heart because I remember Lamar Woodley when he was a young guy. Oh, yeah. And when he came on the scene, right, you're working opposite James Harrison and you're working against one of the best. So you've got to win because you're going to draw that single team, you know, more often than, than the opposite guy is. Exactly. So to see him do that and win and make it to where, oh, my God, I don't know which side we need to chip on because both these guys are killing our tackles. Exactly that, that, that's, so. That's a great feeling to watch. So first game ball, Alex Highsmith, boom. It's coming all the way from Marathon like a key lime pie. Uh, there's, your, there's your game ball. <laughs> Who, oh, that, who do you got, that. Wolf? Well, yeah, you know, who you got? I would have gone with Highsmith, too, but since you did, I'm going to go to the next guy, and that would be Minka Fitzpatrick because this Boom. guy came out there with 14 tackles. He had, uh, what, the interception. He had a pass defense, and, of course, he had the block. Um, he started the game off with a pick six on uh, the second play from scrimmage for Joe Burrow. Think about Joe Burrow. First play from scrimmage, his first live go. In a regular season game, he gets sacked by by Cam Hayward. Then he sets back up and throws a pick six. You don't think he's a little shook up, a little rusty? You know, coming into your first live go and you got bam, bam, a one-two punch. All I could think about was George Foreman. Everybody got a plan until they get hit with the right hand, right? And that was yeah, a right absolutely. hand that hit him right in the schnozzola. Oh, it, it, was, it, was, it was tremendous. I mean... The pressure that Joe Burrow was at. Just think about the first two plays of the game, Wolf. <laughs> yeah, yes. Sacked by Cam, beating Cordell Volson. Then the second play of the game, you throw a pick six. <laughs> Max. It, it can't get more overwhelming. Let me just say this because I, I know what it feels like for Cor for a guy like Cordell Volson. Because my, my first start was in uh, 80, the second year in the league, 81, in the preseason, third preseason game. When Sam Davis went down, the legendary Sam Davis uh, got injured and he was done for the year. So it was, you know, you step in the starting lineup. I had two run plays and then a pass. And on that third down, I'm playing Randy White, the future Hall of Famer. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I can only say he just kind of disappeared for a moment. <laughs> I don't know where he went to. I don't, I don't know what I was doing at the moment <laughs> that he, he disappeared. But I did recover in time as I was wallowing around on the ground, <laughs> looking around to see him spike Bradshaw into the ground on third down. And uh, old Blue Eyes was giving me the side eye, man. <laughs> he was not happy. I know what Cordell Volson was feeling like. Now, it didn't happen in a game or in a regular season game, but it was bad enough because it was Bradshaw. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was like, like, this is where, where, where you could have, I'm sure, said, you know, this is why you don't play the preseason with a guy that's a franchise <laughs> guy right there. <laughs> it's, it's a bad feeling, man, a bad feeling. Oh. I see why you didn't play. I see why you didn't play, Joe. <laughs> I can understand. Not a problem. Oh. But, but Minka, now, yeah. here's the thing. I, you know, I was watching Minka on film today and yesterday. And so I'm watching him, and he's coming down from the safety position. Sometimes he's 10, 15 yards deep, and he's making plays at the line of scrimmage. You know, he, he, sometimes he lines up at the line of scrimmage. Okay, they're moving around, got it, and all that. But it's amazing to me to watch him. You know, he reminds me the way he dropped down from that two-deep safety 
to the edge of the line of scrimmage to make a play and hold the guy. And think about this. Joe Mixon, they held on 14 carries to two yards or less. They had five negative – Mixon had five negative run plays. So, yeah, it wasn't the, the greatest run-stopping deal by the Steelers, but it was significantly better than last year. That's for sure. And the thing about it is, watching Minka come down – one time I was watching a National Geographic and they had like a aerial view, a low aerial view of like a tiger shark streaking towards – his prey, some fish or something, right? And you see this thing go whoom through the water. And it it, it, it looked like Minka, <laughs> you know? Whoom, yeah. right to yeah. the line of scrimmage, bam. And and the, he is the apex predator of that back end of the Steelers' defense. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was it was just a thing of beauty. And it's, it's two words, Wolf. It's called closing speed. Yeah. Closing speed. That guy chews up turf better than a lawnmower. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he is, I mean, he just, he just was everywhere. I mean, sideline plays in, you know, in the backfield on, on the sides. I mean, giving support help on brackets. I mean, it was, it was tremendous to watch. I mean, he was, he was thumping people and fans were getting mad. They're like, oh, that was a helmet. Down. I'm like, no, it wasn't. No. That's just, that's called, that's called a Minka missile. Yeah. That's all it is. Just Eminem. Yep. You know, it's just flying through the sky. Keep yourself on guard. And like you said, 10 tackles in the game. I mean, he – 14 he, overall. He was, 10, 10 four, solo. T- ten, I'm sorry, 10 solo tackles. I apologize. 10 of them when he was completely by himself, but 14 total tackles. I, I thought it was a tremendous performance. So, I agree. Game ball engaged Minka Fitzpatrick. Or key lime pie. You know, we have to get a couple. Okay, okay. His is also key lime pie pie shaped as well i wonder if he likes it because if he doesn't then i'll be happy to step up and accept it for him well you you know i need you to go to practice and find out (laughs) just do a key lime pie survey for the team wolf who who likes key lime pie here oh we got too many hands up just just a little just a little just a little scratch paper for that all right i'm I'm gonna toss one more out here all right if it's 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 the newcomer of the week um this guy isn't a rookie but he he is a newcomer to the Steelers squad, Miles Jack. Oh yeah, that's the T- fact, Jack. <laughs> yeah, and, I can't help he, but say he, that. And he Miles jacked some guys up. So there we go. There's my other. There's my other. It's low hanging fruit. We just both just picked from the same tree, uh, right there. <laughs> well, I'm going to go low. It's a low hanging fruit also, and I'm going to go T.J. Watt with six tackles. He had a sack, one another sack that was negated. But he had three tackles for loss. He had a quarterback hit. He had an interception that, I'm telling you, reflexes like that. I mean, I ain't seen reflexes like that since Bruce Lee. You know what I mean? That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. amazing. And two, and two pass deflections. Yes, two passes defense. You, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got to throw that in there. I yep. mean, he, he was TJ Swat. No yes, longer JJ was. Swat is TJ Swat. There you go. Um, in the game. So, I, I agree. So, the linebackers – had a tremendous day, and obviously we'll wait to hear what um, what the report is for TJ. Um, best case is six weeks, which listen, I'll take that versus uh, the 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 uh, the old the old cut the cut game. I don't want to see the cut <laughs> game at all. Let's try and put a brace on it, you know, to, uh, across you know the chest like the neoprene sleeve brace, and let's see if he can go. But um, but yeah, TJ Watt, Miles Jack, both of you guys, tremendous job and game balls all around so we got four defense defense game balls that were given out there you go all right that's a wrap on the first hour we're going to come back with more matter of fact 
We're going to come back with some random observations on a Tomlin Tuesday. Stay tuned. SNR. We are Steelers Nation.